Hello? Hello? It's me. Oh, what happened? No, I didn't mean for that to happen. It's an amazing thing, ladies and gentlemen. When you talk about nationalities, people say uh, anybody gets offended. I say when you tell the truth, you never offend nobody. Particularly if you do it with dignity. Am I right, Tessa? I honestly hadn't planned on playing that Pat Cooper clip, but it happened. So, uh, you know, maybe everything happens for a reason, audience. Maybe that's what happens. You know, things happen for a reason, just like, you know, God and Jesus and um, Shirley MacLaine's and all that sort of thing. You know, everything's happened for reasons. Like, um, well, I can't think of any different examples, but really good things, great things happen for a reason, right? Like um, death, birth, taxes, marriage, um, girdles, girdles, they happen uh, for a reason. Because you, get, you ate too much, you know? You ate, and you ate. You couldn't stop. And then you had to um, get eaten out. But nobody wanted to eat you out with a girdle. I mean, with a fat hanging out, so you had to get a girdle. Right? Am I right? You had to get a girdle. And if, if it didn't look pretty and you needed to go out, you had to get a skirt right? I'm looking at my password. I'm vamping because of this fucking security world. Where's Apple with our no-password world? Where is that? Wasn't that going to happen? Um, Google, yeah, that thing. Like, it wouldn't it be awful if I said my password out loud while I was thus and sewing and trying to get in? God, this shit's annoying. You know what happened to me yesterday? Well, maybe I should wait. No, I'm not going to wait. But what happened to me yesterday is I was at the beach having a good time. And um, I go to my phone because I needed to post something brilliant. And the phone just said, oh, you have to change your password. And there was no like ability to defer it. It said, your iPhone password has to change because my work has master control of my iPhone since they have apps on there. They have apparently the right to for enforced password stuff so i'm at the beach and i'm like fuck how am i going to remember my password at the beach when i'm indisposed you know what i mean so anyway whatever uh but that's neither here nor there you know what's here or there gadles i have nothing i have nothing i mean there's just the world hurts it smells nobody wants to talk about it because everything's exhausting um right of course right is this thing working I don't know if this thing's working. Oh, there we go. Let's see. I scheduled this, sort of, like I always do when my phone calls. But um, you know, maybe she's asleep or petting roaches. She might be petting the roaches. Hello. Hi, Hathaga. Ooh, I was so glad you called. Why? I've been thinking about all kinds of different things. It's like the top of my brain is like a platter with appetizers on it all different kinds okay but first i need to know what's going on with your roach with your roach machalot with your roach mattel because i know that you cleaned it up because you got flea bomb or you got bombed right by the exterminator right well he came into it a little bit but i need they're going to yeah. call me when he before he comes i have to get everything out of my cabinet okay but so you cleaned for the Landlord or the exterminator? I cleaned it for myself, but the oh. exterminator 
tattled to her that I had a big pile of garbage in my living room. Tattled to who? In to my landlord, the company. Uh, it's called House to Rent. Each one, teach and one. And when I called, I called her because she had left me a voicemail, and I wanted to call her to call me and not leave a voicemail because I don't not voicemail a text. Yeah, because I don't look at my text. I don't bother with that. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, what about the pile of trash in your living room? And I said, well, that's all gone now. The whole place is ready for you to do a spot check whenever you want to come over. Mm. And that seemed to satisfy her. But so, even though all the garbage is out, it still has all the filth. The filth? Yeah, about like the film over everything. From the roaches? They're fewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't smell. Have you ever smelled a roach nest? I don't think so. What does it smell like? Nice. A black person. Hagatha, it's Juneteenth. Stop that. I'm not kidding. That's what it smells like. Well, I used to. I have lived with a black person. And it didn't smell like anything except a normal person. So how am I supposed to know what that means? Well, you were with some clean ones. I mostly Uh, um, am around the dirty ones. My God. Okay, so so explain to me what this garbage pile was was like, and why didn't you clean it before the exterminator came? I thought you were going to do that. Well, you saw the big pile of Sprite bottles. Yeah, was that it? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. I thought you got rid of that before the guy came. Yeah, that's what he... Yeah. You didn't. That's gone. But why didn't you get rid of it before he came? Or is he in the Telegram chat and he just looked? I had no idea the exterminator was going to show up. He knocked Mm -hmm. on my door. Oh, okay. And he sprayed a little bit and said, you have to have your cabinet to open and everything out before I can come back. Oh, so it was a surprise. So he saw you in full mess. Yeah. Holy shit. No, he saw me. No, 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 no. I had cleaned out my kitchen, all seven bags of garbage out of my kitchen. Uh huh. So you were expecting a visit. So the only, yeah, I wasn't expecting him, but the pile of bottles was still there when he came, and he tattled, and so I hurried up and cleaned that up that night. But why did you clean anything if there were, if it was a surprise visit? I thought you told us about it, wasn't? It? I think you were expecting a visit. Right, but just maybe not at that time. Because why were you getting ready was, cleaning? You knew they were. Gonna I was bomb. worried they were going to show up and want to come in my place, and I would get thrown out if they saw it, the condition it was in. Uh huh. That so wasn't me farting. It was halfway cleaned up. Hagatha, I know you didn't hear it, but there was a horrible sound on the microphone. I just want the audience to know it wasn't me farting. I'm using a foot cream, and it made a plops like a diarrhea sound. Oil of old lady? No, it's Asper cream with lidocaine, foot pain cream. 4% lidocaine. Do you have bunions? No. Not yet. Lady Bunion called me today, but I didn't. I wasn't able to take her call. I was at the gym. The gym is so weird, Lady Bunny. But she always calls me when she's real high. And then, you know, she, yeah. I can't imagine her on cocaine or on meth. Can you? Yes. Oh, my God. She wouldn't be able to keep her wig on. And yeah, right. Sure. Um, listen, Hagatha, 
about the what? I, about the roaches. Are you still? Because let me just explain what happened to you. So I was happened to me that relates to you. I was with my womanly uh, life partner. We were at Duke of Perth. Is a restaurant on Clark Street. I don't know if you've. It's been there forever. It's like a f- sort of an Irish pub on Clark, near the place where you used to get syphilis tests. And um, oh, yeah, you I know. know where. Right, and so. Um, we were there and we had a table, but it was a table for five. There were only two of us and this table of three like Jewish people who are like probably 65 years old come up and they're like, can, can we join you? We just want to drink while we wait for a restaurant across the street. We're waiting for a table. So sure. Anyway, so she's like, what do you, this lady's like, what do you do? She's a writer from, she teaches at UFC some classes or something. She says, she says, what are you like? We're asking, we're talking about the podcast. She said, well, what is it about? I'm like, well, I don't know. It's hard to explain what it's about. It's about different things. But right now I have a frequent guest who is living in a hovel and she goes in in depth describing her it wrote infest her house, which is ro- infested by roaches. And she drinks coffee from a broken glass and uh, obtains pleasure from watching the roaches like a commit Harry Carey on the shards of glass on the other side. She drinks from the non-broken side. And it's just, we're deeping, we're, we're diving deep into her life experience. And she just looked at me like, yeah, she, you know what she said? What did, guess what she asked what? me? Is it real? Like she thought it was fiction. I said, she said, is that a real person or is this fake? This is real. Like, I'm the only person in the world that has roaches. Chicago's crawling with roaches and mice. You, in rats yeah, in the alleys. In the alleys, but you don't live in an alley. You live in a house. Now, yeah. hey, now the thing is, I don't want you to get depressed, but I'm just, I'm here for entertainment, right? I'm here to squeeze your roaches out. You're if, not going to depress me uh, any more than I already am. Okay, because the point is, if you're going to have roaches, you might as well entertain people. Hence the name of the last Grom Haggathus Roach Circus. So, well, one yeah. thing about the roaches that upset me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see the picture I did of the woman sitting on the chair with the gown? Yeah, very nice picture. It was framed sure. up real nice behind my behind my bed. The roaches all went inside the glass yeah. and couldn't get out. You should go. You know what you should do? You should be a painting terrorist because. Remember that lady that smushed like a bunch of pie on the Mona Lisa, but it was glass, like a few months, like maybe three weeks ago. Did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Maybe you could like borrow the Mona Lisa and have roaches get trapped in it, and that could be your terrorist act for global change or whatever, climate change. Well, the roaches now are uh, mostly in my bathroom Mm -hmm. and in the cabinets. Yeah. So and is that the progress? They, they've gotten into the whole apartment. Mm-hmm. But what about the glass? Are you still drinking out of the, the half-broken glass? Yeah. And you're still drinking coffee out of a pan and letting roaches die in in there? And that's fine? Yeah, I have to be careful. I have to scoop them out when they jump in there. That's And I go ahead and drink the coffee, and that's nasty, but... But you say you're not, be, you're, you're not the only person with roaches. That's true. But you might be the only person who has roaches, drinks coffee out of a pan after the roaches have shit in there and drinks coffee out of a half broken glass and watches roaches commit suicide on the same glass. But the other side, I suspect very strongly that you're the only person in the entire planet who does that. 
So don't normalize yeah. that shit, you know? Don't normalize Well, thank me the hell for it. I don't care what you do. About what? My living conditions. Because it's entertainment, I already told you. What's really bothering me is I need to get a job. I'm spending uh-huh. up my savings. Yeah. Well, why can't you... And that's you, what uh, really bothers me. Can you turn tricks like you used to? Feed? You know, I'm too old and there's mm-hmm. no... There's not a market for down here. I looked yeah. at the escorts for Carbondale, yeah. and all the pictures were of known porn stars that Ooh. are nowhere near Carbondale. They just put those in there so they look good. But I know all the porn stars. I don't They're know. not in Carbondale. Hagatha, you're talented at art and jewelry, right? Can't you make money with those things? Like you used to do those commissions at various establishments like didn't you do something at the eagle or was it the man's country or something no the the leather the yeah leather i did some leather paintings but um, steamworks. the jewelry company that i worked for i worked there for three years that was all made in china <coughs> oh the, the the jewelry thing yeah you know what i want to talk about sure there's a bunch of gay serial killers Mm-hmm. that really didn't have partners. They weren't able to have a partner like Dahmer and some of the other ones. And there's probably seven or eight of them, and most of them had 15 to 20 up to 30 victims. Mm-hmm. And all the guys are in their teens. Uh, there's a few in their early 20s, some as low as 14. Yeah, But all you look at all the pictures, and I know they're all cute, and there's no fat ones. Not a single fat kid got got molested and killed. Uh-huh. None with glasses. It's like these guys were picky about who they killed. Uh-huh. Especially Gacy. You look at uh, some of those boys Gacy killed, and they were just beautiful. Some of the older ones. So I, I had read there was a series that some... Did you read it like this, uh, like a series of articles of interviews? I don't know, I don't know if it was New Yorker or the Atlantic, one of those kind of hoity-toity, you know, literary uh-huh. publications. They did it. They did several interviews with Gacy before, shortly before he was executed. Did you ever see that? Yeah, Gacy was full of shit. Yeah, denying everything, yeah, thinking denied. that he would win, thinking that he would uh, not go get killed and he was all those interviews at the end were just total bullshit bravado uh crap so why do you think that why i mean what he was just delusional he really believed that he didn't do it or what surely he couldn't imagine that people would believe him right or did he well when you're facing the death penalty you come up with this many different um, plans as you can to try to avoid that. You know, they say that Gacy said, kiss my ass before they put the needle in him, but most people said he didn't say that, and that was just for the papers. So he was really just trying to avoid death, is the point. Yeah, he he was a dick up to the very end. And you know the thing that put the cap on it for me? Mm-hmm. At the end of um, one of them, they had him saying, I killed 33, but you can only kill me once. Therefore, I win. And has this maniacal laugh. 
That's very Hagatha. So, so he did admit that he killed 33. I think it's more up around 40, but he didn't want to claim more victims because he dumped a lot of them off the bridge. How did he get away with so many murders? That's a fucking ton. I mean, well, surely that smelled. They, I know a lot of them people are... People who study these things, yeah. I'm going to answer you. Okay. They talk about the golden age of serial killing, which is 1970 to the 2000s. You can't get away with that shit now. There's way too many cameras. Huh. If somebody gets killed or they, they disappear from a certain place, all they have to do is go up and down the road and look at all the cameras and see what cars went by. Oh. You can't, you know, there are way too many cameras nowadays. But back then, if a kid went missing, the police would just consider it, a, you know, a runaway because all the kids were running out to California, to San Francisco in like 68 and 69. Yeah. There was a mass exodus of kids, so they, they didn't look for him. And the parents knew better. The parents knew that they didn't run away. But yeah. the police wouldn't do squat. And so he was able to rack up all these boys. And look at it this way. You could offer a boy $500, give him the $500, kill him, and then take the $500 back out of his pocket. So, you know, money, every boy needs money or the promise of a job. So, Hagatha, Hagatha uh, do you think that maybe that's part of his motivation, something that simple, like he just didn't want to pay for sex, so he just paid them, found the hot guy, hottest guy he could find, paid them, and then he just couldn't, he just didn't want to pay, so he took, killed them and took the money back. Do you think it's that simple? Yeah. Really? Leave it to you Hagatha know, well, to understand a psychotic mindset. The whole thing with Gacy that people don't know that I, know. I just recently discovered is sister said that he was abused, sexually abused. Okay. And during that interview that we were just talking about near the end, they asked him if he was sexually abused and he went silent and had a look on his face Yeah. and then said that this one guy used to put his head down in the car in between his legs you know, when he had his pants on and that he would wrestle with them like that. That's all that he admitted to. Yeah. But I think, you know, the thing about all these guys and Eileen Warnos and other women in nursing homes that have killed is you have three or four things. There has to be a perfect storm. They have to be born with a mental illness, be sexually abused, and then be under, you know, even Dahmer was drunk all the time. He was an alcoholic. He was mm -hmm. drunk the whole time he was doing that shit. And Gacy was using alcohol pretty freely. Too. So are, so you, are you saying that those, those are, that three, they have... It's a recipe. So they can scientifically prove that if you're a serial killer, you were very likely to have those three pre preconditions? That you were abused? What was yeah. the one? You were abused as a child. Sexually abused. Sexually abused. Mental illness. Yeah. Schizophrenia or bipolar. Okay. Uh, a lot of bipolar. My dad had bipolar so yeah. bad that he saw things. You know, people right. think that you're just manic or depressed, but bipolar can be so bad that right. you actually see and hear things. Right. And what was it? So, so mental illness, um, 
sexual abuse uh, as a child. Drugs. You had alcohol and drugs uh, on top of those two things. Was Gacy on alcohol and drugs? Alcohol? He was. I don't think oh. he did drugs. He smoked pot with a lot of these boys. Oh. That's really interesting. It's really interesting. Mm. Well, what I what I find so heartbreaking is yeah. a lot of these people... Um, Dean Corll, C-O-R-L-L, yeah. he killed 28 boys, and he had two uh, teenage accomplices who would bring him the boys. And How come I've never heard them. of him? Oh, he's awful. He had this big thing where he it was a board that had handcuffs on the top and the bottom, and he would get those boys up there. And if he liked them, he would torture them for like four days before he killed them. But they would do all kinds of awful things to these boys. Yeah. I mean, they used to put glass inside. Okay, their, enough, their enough, 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 enough. Of that. I don't want the details like that. Okay. It makes me well, nightmares. And this awful other guy killed six um, yeah. young men. But he kept them tied up for like three to six weeks. Yeah, and torture them the entire time, and then kill them. But one of them got away. So what, and he died in prison. That guy, but he was terrible. The things he did. He would put Drano in people's eyes, and I won't go into it. Just awful things he did enough. to these people. But why? And you have to. Where does that anger come from? That hatred, yeah. that kind of anger. I just is it I anger? Comprehend it. Is it anger though, or is it just fucking crazy evil? You know what I mean? Like, do, or do you have? Does you have? Does that have to come from anger, or can it just come from fucking evil? You know what I mean? Is Both. it the same thing? Dahmer was had a lot of suppressed anger mm-hmm. towards his father. Um, yeah. There's a really good movie called My Friend Dahmer that documents uh, Dahmer from a kid through high school, and he was drunk all during high school. Yeah, yeah. And he did a lot of things, stupid things to make people pay attention to him, and he was really, really acting retarded. Wow. But um, he killed some kid he picked up. They smoked pot. Dahmer wanted to suck his dick. The guy wouldn't let him. The guy got up to walk out, and Dahmer hit him on the head with a weight from a weight set. So and then uh, nothing happened for 15 years, and Dahmer woke up in a motel room, in a hotel yeah. room in Chicago, with a dead boy who had been beaten to death, and he didn't remember any of it. Now, that's anger. Yeah. When you beat someone to death, when you're, I mean, your true emotions come out when you're drunk. Right. If you've got anger, it's going to come out. I mean, you see all the angry drunks on you know, all these cop shows. You know, I'm a belligerent drunk. When I got X amount of drinks, I want to argue. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know it's you know it's interesting to me. Like, it sounds like what you're saying is there are fewer serial killings than there were in like the you know nineties, seventies, eighties, nineties, right? Yes. And so, but there's there more, cases. but wait, but wait, but there's more mass killings. So maybe the serial killers can't serial kill because of these cameras. So they're just doing mass killings instead. Maybe it's the same type of person who would do that. You know, 
Do you think? We would do what? Like maybe since these people can't do, like I'm just trying to figure out, like maybe it ha- there's a reason why there's more mass killings and fewer serial killings. Maybe it's the same fucking people. And instead of being able to do serial killings, because well, like you say, they have the cameras everywhere, they have to just uh-huh. do one big mass killing and do it all at once. Maybe it's the same fucking personalities, the same people. Yeah. I agree with that. Really? But that's there are cases where there have been people who have been killed, say fifteen people, yeah. all in a very similar manner, yeah. with the same MO, with the same signature. Now with signature you can for example, one guy always stuck rags down the people's throats. Yeah. And that was his signature. Sometimes they'll carve on the body or they'll bite. Why? Um, which they all know now not to bite because they they can trace that by your teeth. But they can trace DNA you know, anyway. I could jump so. somebody to death and they wouldn't catch me. Okay. Well, that's true. But, like, why does it matter if you bite so somebody when people, you have DNA? They don't, know who the, they don't know who the killer is. There are still, it's going on, especially yeah. in the Southwest, you have a whole lot of Mexican girls in their teens and early 20s yeah. who smoked crack and got hooked and are selling themselves for crack cocaine, although I imagine a lot of it is meth now. Sounds like Hagulina. But a lot of those people, yeah, a lot of those girls have gone missing and they discovered a lot of them buried in the desert out mm. there. Yeah. It's so easy. The thing about a serial killer to be successful, the number one thing is how do you get rid of the bodies? Yeah, Vitamix. <laughs> Vitamix. Yeah. That how? Well, like, well, Dahmer kept his in vats in these big barrels. Yeah, to and dissolve the people them, right? down in Australia uh-huh. who killed all those 12 people, that's a wonderful movie. I can't, mm. uh, I can't think of the name of it now. But they had all the people in, in the barrels. Mm-hmm. And the guy who I was talking about who kept them tied up for weeks on end, he would drain them of blood and cut them up with a uh, uh, chainsaw and put them out with the garbage. So, you know, you have to have a way to get rid of the bodies to be successful. But that's why I don't understand Gacy. Like, he just buried them under his house. How did people not... I mean, I know there were neighbors that smelled it, but it came way too late. You know, like, what the fuck? Yeah. How do you not find out about that? Well, he did use lime, though. I remember reading that. He used a lot of lime. Yeah. Oh, Hagatha, you must be in a dark place, to, or you're just interested in this stuff. This doesn't make you depressed? Or... Well, I was in, about two months ago, I yeah. was interested in it. Okay. Um, the weirdest guy of all yeah. didn't kill that very many people. He killed two women. Who? But he's the source material for Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. You know, where the guy would take the women's skin and make an outfit out of it. Yeah. And another movie that I can't think His name was Ed Gwynn. And yeah. he would dig up bodies yeah. and make clothing out of the bodies. Mm-hmm. For example, he had a belt that was nothing but nipples. Mm. A string of nipples on a belt. 
That's hor- horrifying. Like real ones of people he killed? No, we only killed two women. He preserved their bodies. So no, who, he would whose actually go and dig up people in the graveyard, take the bodies out. Oh, my God. And make clothes out of them. He wanted to make an outfit of his mother so he could be his mother. And that's where they got the other movie was Psycho about him because he had the mother. Oh, that was about him too. Yeah. Yeah. Another really big one that nobody ever talked about was down in Louisiana. And there was this one guy, he was short, fat, ugly, but he would get uh, mostly black men, invite them back and kill them, and then go out in the countryside and just dump, uh, dump the bodies off. But he killed like 28. That's a nice. And that Dean Coral killed 28. So that's like a Juneteenth serial killer, right? Yeah. So what did you do for Juneteenth, yeah. changing the subject a little? Did you have a Juneteenth picnic with your family? Yeah, we can change the subject. Now, why would my family want to have a cookout on Juneteenth? For the blacks? to, set, to f- Maybe they want to do, like, it's their way to do reparations for the blacks, since they said the N-word so many times, and that sort of thing. And aren't you from a Did civil war? Did you see war? what I wrote on the telegram? I said, happy uh-huh. Coonteenth. That's really awful, Hagatha. Coonteenth. With the picture of a black guy eating chicken. Tagatha, that's just awful. You can't be like that anymore. It's not allowed. You couldn't even be like that before, and you were. Hagatha, I want to talk about um, um, the Pride Fest. It's really a shame that you can't come to these because you were, you know, we used to have so much fun interviewing these crazy people. And um, it's weird, though. It's changed. Like, I just don't fucking get what's going on anymore. Like, there's nobody's just gay anymore you there's like a million different things going on and everybody's got their flag and i just feel completely lost i mean it's lovely to see the the thing i like about and i know you appreciate this too the thing that's wonderful about these street fairs and i'm talking about this the ones in boys town because you go to andersonville forget it it's just those stupid chubby booted edge queens and it's a couple dykes it's yeah. it's, homo, it's homo, homogenous homogeneous but in the pride fest it's just like you get to see what the whole world looks like right you see every kind yeah. of person you see the white the white scary people from Wrigley Field who don't know what the fuck they just walked into you see a lot of kids who are just coming out as trans or gay and they're so happy and the drag queens you know oh yeah and then kids the muscle gays latinos blacks and it's just like i just stand and watch people and where else can you get such an incredible view of what america really looks like it's it's fantastic it's it's amazing. Well, you know what I attribute that to? Back in the 50s and the 60s and part of the 70s, yeah. uh, being gay, you were part of the subculture. You were the underbelly. You were right. not going to just maybe one bar in the whole city that was paid off the cops and the mafia ran it. You could go there, but you couldn't dance with anybody. Right. People back then had house parties. Yeah. That I'm sure would devolve into an orgy probably around midnight or three in the morning. Uh-huh. I went to one of those when I went to school at Eastern University in 1981. Uh-huh. We had a professor, and he had this party, and it was just basically an orgy. Oh. And I had sex, came, left, went back, 
hours later, it was still going on and had sex another time. Did you get fucked? I mean, me now, I would have stayed the whole time, but... Um, did you get yeah, fucked? Yeah, that's how they did it back then. Were you the top or the I bottom? I don't remember what I did. Oh. I have no idea what I did. Must not have been good then, because I always find, like, when I don't... Like, if I remember sex, it was because it was good. If I don't remember it, it wasn't good, or I was really fucked up. It was really good because I was starved for oh. it. But how do you know you? If, I'd if never you been. You just don't remember. I'd it. never been to a gay bar in Carbondale. That was right. Uh, I went from high school to Eastern at Charleston, and that's where yeah. they had the sex party. But yeah. my point is, What's back point? then, I don't remember. You were part of an underbelly. You were part of yeah. the subset. You felt um, a kinship with the other people because they were in the same boat you were. Right. But you had the feeling it was us against the world. Well, now they're being gay, and what with Will and Grace and all the corporate tie-ins and this and that, yeah. that's gone away. So you, what you have now is all these little subsets. You've got the latex queens, you've got the leather queens, you've got the bears, you've, you know, you've got the druggies, you've got the club kids, which club right. kids haven't changed their emo since the 1990s. Right. Jojo's not original. Right. Because they were those great big platform shoes, so they're up against higher than anybody else. Um, and they were, you know. No, he's not. I have to defend JoJo. Bullshit. I have to defend JoJo. JoJo is original. He may not be the first person to use platform shoes. He's certainly not the first club kid. But his 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 work, his art, I know is he original. Makes dolls. Yeah, but I mean, his he still does that. You know, he still hosts the he still hosts Queen. This this club night every Sunday. Well, not every, but most Sundays, and I think his brother does too. I mean, he's he's kind of like legendary here. Does he still live in the Flatiron Building in Merker Park? I think so. I'm not sure. I think so, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not in touch with him. But I respect what he does, and he's definitely original. I have to say that. I mean, he's not the first. What happened club to that other queen that was part of the Radical Fairies? Fausto. Yeah, whatever happened to her? Oh, we had a falling out, and she never got over it because she's can hold a grudge longer than I can remember one. Um, we, I taught her how to do podcasting, and she started doing podcasts. Then she got real jealous of me because I got a contract, and then she got cuckoo, and we tried to do work together, and then it was bad because somebody called her a potato, and then it was a big scandal. <laughs> so a um, potato, yeah, for shape. Wow. And so it really it came it was Reagan who has been on the show lately a lot too, Reagan. Yeah. Because he Reagan we Fox. were in a show together called Eat This Hot Show. It was me, Wanda Wisdom, uh, Reagan Fox and then Fausto and his and his boyfriend cuz God forbid they should be apart so they had a, it was like a two for one. But like yeah, oh, so God. yeah, and I used to do those shows with him, The Feast of Fools, you remember, you were there. But I don't know. We just had a falling out. Like I've seen him, and he just like I was about to say hi. Like I think I saw him at IML last time, not this time, like two years ago. And he like just runs away the second he sees me. It's like almost like he's scared of me or something. It's weird. How is she aging? He with surgery. He looks good. You know, he's spending oh. money. Surgery, Botox. He looks good. Supplements. Yeah. So when is Pride Fest? <laughs> It was just this week. It just happened. It, it just ended, but now it's Pride Fest is different. So the, it's Pride Fest is the week before the parade, and it keeps getting bigger every year. So next week is the parade, but the big thing is still Market Days, which is in August, August sixth, I think. That's the big one. 
So it wasn't a huge festival, but it was it was fun. I wanted to go downtown because they had um, they have all these festivals for the people that aren't Haggath and I. They have festivals all year in in Chicago. No, I'm telling the audience. And so um, Haggath and I used to record videos at these. Um, at these events and they're fun and some of them are still around on insane films or uh, YouTube but oh so uh-huh. so the Ran- they had Randolph Fest yesterday I really wanted to go but we didn't we weren't able to go but they had um, Taste of Randolph Street and DJ Heather and Carl uh, not Carl Cox but um, what's his name Blue Derek Carter who's like this one of the founding fathers of house music was there and whenever they show up at a street fair it's just like m- magical they're amazing but we didn't go but so we ended up going last night we went to um i had a pee you know and the bathrooms are disgusting i know you like lavatories or whatever those blue things are called yeah. i know there I, the last i went into one like last week at andersonville and i saw this like massive sh- turd pile and i just i haven't been able to go in one since it was fucking disgusting like who shits in a fucking porta potty at a street fair that's fucking disgusting you know I, it's fucking disgusting and i i know you're saying like okay maybe they really had to go but if you really had to go it would have been diarrhea it wasn't it was just turds you know what i mean so you didn't you could have gone somewhere else but so anyway my point where is was the turds piled up on where in the toilet in the hole yeah in the hole yeah where they're supposed to be oh. they're fucking disgusting yeah. but people shouldn't do that it's just for pee but anyway, listen, Hagatha. They uh, so so anyway. So I, was, I had to, as soon as we got there yesterday, I had to go to the. I had a piece, so we went to the cell block, and um, they, it's fucking talk about the way gay is changing. There's fucking women there now. There's lesbians who look like like I guess you would call the male presenting lesbians. They're clearly like women. They're not try. They're not trans. They have tits, and they're dressed in butch butch outfit and they're just like standing in the back room of the cell block where people are like sucking dick like standing there like they own the place it's so weird it's like they're almost it's almost like dare i dare you to kick me out you know it's very weird you know and i don't are they showing are they bare chested no no they're not but there were at the beach yesterday some big ass titties at the beach but so but so like i don't it's so crazy i don't even know what to make of it and then there's like tons and tons of like gay guys with their fag hags and they're all going to the back room now that never used to happen they used to have like a guard that would you know stop and do dress code or whatever and they just it's almost like and in fact i know one marshall who's a podcaster i've been on he's been on my show before and he's like a puppy and now he has a uh a a she her pup right and i don't know it might be i don't know Uh if it's gender female or trans or whatever it doesn't really matter but it's like the world is changing to the point where like gay people aren't even gay anymore i don't even understand it like i, I just i'm lost and so I know and then there mean. was this woman there and she looked like she looked like a karen right so karen is in the back room yeah and then i'm like she mm-hmm. surely she must know she doesn't belong here and then i realize and then she just starts sucking dick Gay, like she came with these two bisexual guys, and oh no, I've never. Oh, when it's I getting crazy. To, um, the Baron Rogers Park Jackhammer. Uh huh. Um, when before I moved back down here, mm-hmm. the whole basement was a, an orgy from yeah. eleven to right eleven p.m. till six in the morning. Yeah, I've and these women that. would show up there, like bio. And then it really used to upset me. Like AFAB women, really? Like assigned female? 
A birth? Right. Good-looking 20-year-old women with their fag friends, and uh. their fag friends brought them down there. Yeah. And they're standing there and totally killing the mood. Nobody wants them there. Oh. You know, they're wow. not picking up on the body language from the other people that they're unwelcome. It's just like the, I was at Steamworks once, mm. and these women wanted to be come in so mm. bad. And they're like, we'll just stand in the they stay out of the way. And they're like, no, you cannot come in. I'm okay with it. Like, you know, so like, I, I, I've thought about it and I, I, I try to be open-minded, but I'm still who I am, you know, and I, I try to be realistic, but here's what I think. And you can take it or leave it. But I think like, it's okay. Like if you're not, if you don't have a penis maybe, but you still feel like you are a man, like basically a trans man, if you identify yeah. as male, I don't have a problem with you being there. But I don't want some fucking Lincoln Park bitch there. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's totally a different thing. And I don't want some fucking HR Karen lady there either. Like if you're you know what it I mean? Like, like we're allowed to have our own to a Lincoln Park bar and trying to pick up the straight guy. Right. It's the same shit. Nobody wants him there. We have a right to our own community and we have a right to yeah. have our own people around us that we choose, you know? We're because otherwise it's kind of like they're being supremacist. You know, they're like saying, well, we're the white girls. We get to be everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't see like Mexican yeah. ladies. You don't see Mexican ladies coming in as a group doing that shit. They're going to no. be respectful of people's shit, social environment. Or black ladies yeah. carrying their Bible, God forbid. Well, no, they're not going to go the there. It's not like coming that. in where they're not wanted is yeah. they must not have enough side bars. Or a leather dyke bar. There used yeah. to be a bar, and I cannot think the name of it. It was off the Wilson stuff Paris. during the 80s and Paris, the 90s. Paris Dance. Paris Dance, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And you would see some queens uh, would go in there with their friends, but they were tolerated. I mean, yeah. back then, the lesbians they were really carrying a lot of the weight during the 80s epidemic Absolutely. you know i, I give lesbian lesbians props for Absolutely. that forever Absolutely. and if it happened now again they would do the same Absolutely. so you know well we I would do the same for them if there was some pussy disease right if there was some pussy disease we would help the lesbians wouldn't we if there was some like i don't think so std are too wrapped up in themselves and their superficiality and standing in posing oh my god bar mentality yeah. i can't see them giving that up to help lesbians yeah. yeah you know what a lot of people don't understand the gay culture is built on youth and beauty mm-hmm. and once you hit 30 it's it's a different ball game you're in a different arena but it can be intoxicating because yeah. I, I used to look pretty normal when i was 25 Right. No, I wasn't gorgeous, but my face wasn't sunken in from any drugs or whatever. Yeah. And it can be really intoxicating to be like one of the hottest guys there and knowing yeah. that you can get pretty much anybody you want if yeah. you act right and you do the right thing. That's intoxicating. Yes. Especially if you grew up in a high school where you were tormented every day. Yes. In my case, everybody hated me because well, I was such a little bitch. Yeah. To everybody. You were a cunt, I'm and, sure. You must have been a yeah, huge cunt. And it can be intoxicating, you know, yeah. to be young in a bathhouse and have all yeah. the guys, you know, trailing you or wanting to come in your room or whatever. In, or in your anus. I mean, it's such an ego boost. A lot of escorts, even though, though I was 
past my prime when I was doing it. I yeah. got an ego boost that people didn't run away crying, that they still stayed and had sex with me. That would give my ego a boost. Do you have an ugly hole? Oh, wait, we saw it in Mommy Kills Best. It had a huge, like, I think at the time it had a horrible hemorrhoid, right? Was that a hemorrhoid you had? No. In Mommy Kills Best? My, I was, what was that, a polyp? Shape like that. What? That's a normal? My hole didn't ha- have any problems. It was just stretched out and had wrinkles in it. No, it had, it had like a bulbous entity at one point. It looked like like a polyp, maybe. Or it looked like a hemorrhoid no, to me, to be honest. I've, just my, no, I've my lips, extra my meat. rectum had wrinkles. You had some extra meat? You know, I, eat film, I used to film porn, and there was this guy named Comanchio, and he had extra meat, and I could never film his hole. Because it was a top... But you, I could never film his hole at the angle, you know. Yeah. Because it was just, he had a huge, it was like the boss told him to get like surgery on it. It was so bad because it was almost like a baby hand hanging off of his asshole. That can wow. be nasty. Those holes can be gross. And I remember seeing one guy and I reported him and I told the boss, you have to get him checked for testicle cancer because that testicle doesn't look normal. It was like, it was like, it looked like the size of like maybe a like those things that you charge your iPhone with, like that. Yeah, thing. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now Coco Dorm was all black on black, right? Mostly, there were a couple Latinos, but they had other labels. The Coco Dorm was black on black, but he had other labels like Poppycock, which was like Latino and sometimes black and Latino. And then there was Raw Rods, which was the, the bareback version of Black on Black. And then there was another one, Flava Boys or something. I can't remember. Thug Boy. That was a popular one. Thug Boy. Or just younger black guys that pretend to be thugs. The funny thing is, like, they always pretended yeah. like they're, like they're kind of gangsters, like people that would shoot each other on the street. But it was that was yeah. it was all fake. They're just queens, you know what I mean. But they had to sell this yeah, image. Yeah. They had to sell this image that black guy, people are really nasty, and it was really, in a way, perpetuating a horrible stereotype. Well, you know about black queens when they're in their natural element in their yeah. neighborhood down on the south side. Yeah, they're really good at passing for straight. They know how to act yeah. right, how to act normal. Yeah, but not all of them. Some of them are just huge queens. Like as Nelly as yeah. Didn't you say that a lot of the straight boys that came on mm. this set wanted to be bottoms? Were those black guys? Usually white. No. And were they straight? I mean, what? How do you what check their blood to see if they have straight oh, like blood I type? I oh, mean, how oh. do you know they're straight? Just take their word for it and talk to them. You know, you get to know these people. You do because. A lot of times you're sitting and waiting. It's just like any other film. You're waiting and you're waiting and waiting for somebody to come, for lights, for somebody to show up. It's hours and hours of waiting. You get to know these people. So, yeah. Most of them, they kind of like grew up like you, like in the middle of the Midwest, a small town. Maybe they still live there. Maybe they do crack or whatever the fuck, and they're just kind of like need money. They just kind of need money. But everybody that I work with who, who does porn, if you ask them why they do it, it's not the money. They do it because they like sex. Everybody, like unanimously. Yeah. They all, because there was one series I did where I actually did ask them that question, and they it was always the same answer. They like they like sex. Of course, they like getting paid for it, but primarily, like, I didn't meet anybody who who likes doing porn, you know, who does porn and doesn't enjoy it. 
You know, I don't, I've never met anybody who's just doing it for the yeah. money and hates sex. Although, if you look at yeah, porn, I never told you this, but I went to the Bijou back in the early nineties. I was yeah. probably thirty, uh-huh. and I wanted to join on and make movies there with them. Yeah. And I said that I wanted to be the donut of the 90s. Now, the donut was the name of a guy in the 70s who had a hole who could take anything. So when mean, they put everything up his ass. When I think of donut, I think of those pillows, the donut pillows that people with hemorrhoids have to sit on. Yeah. Well, the guy there said, wow, you know about donut. At least you know the business. And he said, come on in, but bring an ID. And I didn't have an ID. And he said, well, if, if you're in trouble with the law or whatever, we don't, Hagatha, you know. Hagatha, hold on. I'm going to call you back in what? five minutes, okay, because my wife is leaving. I need to I need to do some things. I'll be five minutes. I'll call you right back. All right, back. bye. Bye. America is waiting for a message of some sort or another.
take a little break there, audience. Queen Hagula. Come back to the Hagathan barn. Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean. You know who I ran into? Hello. You know who I ran into yesterday? Who? Joey. Do you remember Joey from you know, that's Black Guy? No, not that Joey. Different. He's he was kind. Of, he was a drag queen, and he hosted the the show at the Baton for a while. Big booty. Anyway, I thought he was still doing it. He said, "I introduced him to my wife." He said, "This is an amazing drag queen, Joey." Because he did. He was Miss Serenity. Maybe after you went away, I'm not sure. But I thought you knew him. Anyway, um, but I said, oh, this is the one of the greatest drag queens I know. And he said, oh, I haven't done drag for three years. I said, oh. He said, Did, and he said to me, didn't you do, used to do that act where you uh, do drag and smell yourself and stuff? <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I don't do drag either, but I still smell myself and stuff. Is that me? Oh. Is that my reputation? I'm, the, I'm known as a drag queen. And I'm not a lesbian, not a drag queen who smells herself. This is, this is what I've built my reputation as. Self smeller. Well, you you tend to be kind of um, self deprecating, yeah, and play up your weird parts. And so when you do that, that's what people remember. Okay. Anyway, what were we discussing before? I had to say goodbye to my wife. She's going to play volleyball. She's on a team at Hollywood I want to know, when you were at that place on Clark and yeah. you were waiting for the roastman across the street, did you drink hard liquor? I drank wine. How many glasses? Uh, my wife and I shared a bottle, so two and a half. Okay. Do you ever get a, do you get a buzz from that at all? Are you kidding? Of course. Two and a half glasses. That's I can't go more than three. I'll just get drunk. Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. That's wow. strong. For My super grandpa used to drink these super strong martinis, and he would get so loopy. Oh no, I don't have a high tolerance for alcohol. I don't have a high tolerance for anything. I'm very, uh, I'm very uh, sensitive to medications and drugs, probably because I love them so much. Like I yeah. can feel. You know what I mean? Like. I don't need much of anything. I can feel it. So what about you? You're the same, right? You can't. You're not. You're a drug-sensitive person. No, um, I've been looking uh, at a lot of different um, people. My new thing is people uh -huh. who have psychosis, who have a psychic break, uh -huh. and they're psychotic. Tell me and about it. a lot it. of those people are, well, they're all boring because they're all the same. They all talk nonsense. I yeah. my thing is I think that when those people when that happens that the line between their subconscious and their conscious goes away and they're basically in their subconscious talking you know how when you dream it's nonsense yeah I think those people are really kind of stuck in their subconscious but all of the psychotic people are the same they say well I went to the house and there was this girl that ate a watermelon and then it rolled up on the beach and then a big UFO came down and I got swept up to Jesus yeah. you know it's just nonsense but Hagatha, having but what I having had a psychotic what? break okay so I have had a psychotic break where in when I was younger and I took uh, I had a bad acid trip which psychiatrists <laughs> Psychiatrists will tell you that, <laughs> I a, love that that a bad acid trip really is very it has very similar uh you know characteristics to an actual 
schizophrenic yeah. per, person. It's the difference is it goes away. So I've been there, and I can tell you, and from my example, that when you're in a psychotic state, all that shit makes perfect sense in your mind. Like I, everything yeah. made sense because I was living in a different reality. Like you were talking about uh, alternative universes. It was basically it's basically yeah. an alternative universe where like everything I see. First of all, I'm hallucinating, so I'm in a different plane. I was like, like I was downtown Indianapolis, and I would go like one block, and then my I was in a complete hallucinatory state where like I'd go to the end of the block, and then I would be at the beginning of the block again, the same fucking block, right? Yeah. In in my reality, it was as real as me sitting here talking to you on the phone right now. Like my my whole world and everything I saw and everything made sense and the rules of yeah. physics, everything was a different. But it made sense Think to me. It. When you look at, say, a cross on a hill, the visual stimuli goes in. It goes in your eye. You see it upside down in the back of your eye. Uh, right. But your right, mind right, turns, sure. it, turns it right side up and right. sends signals, electrical signals, that you recognize in another part of your brain as the cross. Well, what's to keep those chemicals from firing off on their own and showing a big circle on a hill instead of a cross. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So that brings up, and I'll skip over this because I wanted to talk about whatever you want to talk about, but number one, I know you don't like Joe Rogan. Right. But I think he's, I think you're prejudiced because he's cute and smart. (laughs) I don't think he's cute or smart. I've only watched. I haven't watched him. He's got a daddy thing going on. Come on, are listen. You kidding? He's Italian. Hey, listen. I've only watched. I've only seen one clip of him, and it was like a two-minute clip of when he was on with Bernie. I've never watched him. All I know is secondhand. So, any opinion I have is contempt prior to investigation. So yeah, that's all. Well, he's very smart. Mm-hmm. He has the best guess. He's able to digest what they're talking about. Yeah, but but Hagatha back out in a way that you can understand. I understand it. that, but he's also a charlatan, from what I understand. <laughs> go to no, Le- he's not okay. If you want that, then go to the real deal, which is Lex Friedman, because Lex Friedman has a show, and he's a fucking computer scientist. He is well, fucking educated. I can do both. And he has the same guests on there, but he's just, you know, it, it's a, a really good entertainer oh. who comes from the WWE or whatever the fuck Rogan did as a sports announcer, you know, can can make, can make spin anything to look interesting and, you know, and didactic yeah, and all that. that. But Part of the reason everybody's mm. trying to find these people on the web is because PBS got rid of Charlie Rose because he grabbed his dick. Mm-hmm. They got rid of Tavis Smiley, who was a wonderful black. His show was great because mm-hmm. he grabbed himself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay, so anyway. CB, PBS, so anyway, I like Joe Rogan, and we're talking about drugs yeah. and the subconscious mm-hmm. and whether it's in your own mind right, or whether you're actually to another realm. Now, all these people are mm-hmm. taking DMT. Mm-hmm. There are two kinds. It's made in the lab. Yeah. The natural one is something like Arakushka or something. Ayahuasca. Yeah. But the two different kinds of DMT, one is kind of like a light high like mushrooms where you see colors and have extra energy and, you know, Mm. you feel pleasant. You feel up to the moment. But the other kind of DMT... These people, you go in a trance for like 15 minutes, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And what's weird is all the people who do it see the same demon. Mm-hmm. So what does and that mean? And they had a big power. Is this a scientific like study? Like, is this a, in a room? Listen, they had forty people in a room, in like one of these sweat lodges, and they okay. were all doing the rough kind of DMT. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these entities came out, and everybody saw the same thing. It was interacting in the same way mm-hmm. with these things. Yeah. So it wasn't just in their head. Now, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know I had a ghost in my apartment, and I... I won't go into that, but he moved something that I saw right in front of me. I don't like the idea of Maybe it was the roaches. Entities. It might have been. Yeah. But the guy was killed in my apartment, too, uh, right before I moved in. You know that. There's no such thing as ghosts. I beg to differ. I saw something there's no proof. levitate right in front of me. There's no proof that ghosts exist. None what whatsoever. What moved that thing? I told you the fucking roach did. Whatever. I believe in it. And it gave me Wait, I wanted to talk about something. Cause, there might be an afterlife. Okay. Forget about that stupid shit. Yeah. There might, but there might be anything. We've talked about this. And just any if anything is possible, there's no reason to invent. You know what I mean? Like, if you have an evidence of a specific thing, like, okay, here is the evidence of a ghost, and we know that it's a ghost, and here it is, and this is how we know. Okay, fine. But without evidence, you can invent anything like fucking flying vaginas that are invisible everywhere because you can't prove that doesn't exist anywhere. Just because some you can't prove it they doesn't exist doesn't mean it exists. Investigations. They have paranormal oh investigations. Yeah, Ghostbusters. It's Not bullshit. All the ghost Stop it. Videos Stop it. On YouTube are fake. Hagatha, every one there. of them is fucking fake. No. Every there, fucking one of them some... is fake. Well, I'll tell you where I got fooled. Did I talk about those Egyptian rocks that don't have a reflection in the mirror? No, but I wanted to talk about something we were just talking about before we forget, which is, so on Lex Friedman's show, he had this guy who's like a scientist of reality or some shit, right? Uh-huh. And so he basically says that according to, did we already talk about this if I did stop, but that evolution is basically, according to, uh, there's no evolutionary reason that we should see each reality as it actually is. In other words, evolution creates a perception of reality in us that has absolutely no bearing on what the actual universe is. It's all fucking everything that we see is not reality. It's just how our body has our our organism has made reality look to us so that we can further our species. There is 0% look chance it that it way. represents... Reality is like looking through a fence that has mm-hmm. five holes in it, which is your five senses. Yeah. They're all yeah. other... I mean, even now, there are people that mm-hmm. smell colors and see sound. Right. Um, but what he's saying... But what he's, what he's saying is even those five holes are wrong. That's what he's saying. It's not just that you get a limited picture. He's just saying it's completely inaccurate and it's completely wrong. You should listen to Lex Friedman. He's just like Joe Rogan for this bullshit. What that brings up for me, back in the Mm -hmm. 80s, I got these books at that fancy metaphysical store in Rogers Park called Seth Speaks. S-E-P-H. Yeah. And there was a woman named Jane Roberts who channeled this entity named Seth, 
Not Jane, the, the 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 woman that fucked all the gay men. Not that Jane. No, the spandex or the is, latex shit. No, this is a woman in the Midwest. Uh huh. Um, she would go into a trance as this guy, and the guy would dictate, and her husband would take it down. And he talked mm-hmm. a lot about things that are only coming to fruition now. He would talk on and on about how we create our own reality. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's real, but it's different for everybody in the way we interact with each other and the way the souls interact yeah, with okay, each but other the, is true and real, but we create our own reality. Yeah, that's cool. And but see, was, that's saying the same thing as what my guy's saying, but the difference is my guy's a scientist. So his shit comes from like the scientific method. So that's why I am much more inclined to listen to that person as opposed to your charlatan who is a ghostbuster with his fucking wife who fucks gay guys. No, that she was, that Seth Speaks book talked about probabilities that Mm. if you were going to go to two different stores and you chose to actually go to one and not the other, Mm -hmm. the other one actually exists on a certain plane that you chose that one instead of the first one. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're bringing up the, the parallel universes and all of that. Yeah, You're right. There no is proof. no definitive okay. proof. But there are predictions about it that they can study mm-hmm. that point to it. It's fun to think about. It's fun to postulate and you know, and think about the possibilities. I love doing that. But, okay. You know. I thought a lot about this, and I knew you were going to call. Mm-hmm. And it all hinges on intangible things that science cannot verify, such as mm. eternity, okay. such as infinitesimally small, okay. infinitesimally large. Yeah, like my, um, how fat I am, or bigger. In time, for example, time, yeah. you could go back a trillion years in time. Mm-hmm. You could go back, I mean, it just keeps going back to the more distant past and the more distant past. If you believe in time, you have to see it like that. You can't go and back time in time. Also There's no proof that... the future on, on and on and on. So you're Hang always on. stuck in the middle no matter where you are. Yeah, I don't know if you're being literal, but I'm just making the point that there's no proof you can go back in time. That's a big scientific dis- matter of dispute right now. I'm Whether not saying that you go back there. I'm just saying that it exists as a spiritual uh, law. As a this, spiritual I think law. Things can get infinitely tiny. Now they're saying the smallest thing What's now a spiritual is law? theory are these vibrating strings. Well I think you can go much deep, smaller than that. Well a lot of people infinity. think string theory is bullshit, so that doesn't have that much evidence, I don't think. I think it's been disproven lately, but I don't know. Well, the one thing that all the scientists do agree on is that mm-hmm. there are 11 dimensions, not 10, because the universe would fall apart, not 12, because the universe would fall apart, but 11. Mm-hmm. But the thing about these 11, like say the 11th dimension is, it is so small and curled up in upon itself that it's basically invisible and unable to see that it's even there, but it exists. I mean, then you get into dark matter and black holes and, you know, multiverses Mm. and the speed of light, and it gets really complicated. 
but I find it all real interesting. I think it's interesting too, but I suggest that, I know you don't like to read, but if you're interested in these types of pursuits, I think you should read books on it because it's not something you, that documentaries and TED Talks can fully capture. There's too much detail and too much nuance. Well, you made a big point in saying that they can't prove parallel universes, but if you look up quantum computer and get the guy on, who invented it on the TED Talk, mm-hmm. he talks about that it uses parallel universes as part of its mechanism. Mm-hmm. They have these things called qubits. Yeah. And... Now they're up to 500 qubits, mm-hmm. but these quantum computers are in these big refrigerators because I have to keep them at absolute zero temperature, just a little bit above absolute zero. Mm-hmm. But the things that would take the, the best computers now a billion years to figure out, they can do it in one minute. Because in a regular computer, it's either a zero or a one. Mm-hmm. But with a quantum computer, it can be a zero, a one, or anything in between. Mm-hmm. As you can divide it up into a trillion little pieces, and you could still divide it up into a trillion little pieces. So you you're able to access all of that um, detail yeah. all at once. When we run experiments, it runs it. It fails. You start again. It fails. All in a matter of second but with the quantum computer it does all of them at once yeah not trial and error one fail start over again so between those two things you know they're saying the ai is on the horizon and these computers are going to be sentient and they're going to be you know our people are just I mean, look at the Matrix and all the movies where the machines take over. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you think that'll happen? Yes, absolutely. But I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any other hope for life. I think that that's the future of life. Is that is computers? I do. Yeah, we'll be extinct, and then they'll take over, just like we took over for whatever the fuck we took over from dinosaurs or whatever. Yeah, we can't survive in space. It's bullshit. The whole, like, we can't expand. We can't travel at the speed of light. We'll just fucking die. There's no evolution that has any hope for us. And plus, we're destroying the planet. Wait, there's a big difference, though. Mm-hmm. We, as humans, can yeah. have an idea, a hypothesis, mm-hmm. an experiment yeah. using different materials, mm-hmm. using very detailed machines. Well, ro- robots, mach- absolutely. Machines are going to be able to experiment absolutely. like that? Yes, and they'll be able to do it better because they can do it in their in their minds without actually having to physically do anything. But you heard about this this guy that was fired from Google because he said the chatbot was sentient. Did you hear about that last week? Yeah. And yeah. what what tells me so like I follow Macintosh rumor, you know, Apple rumors a lot cuz it's fun. And one of the things that everybody knows about the Mac rumors is at least the way it used to be. Now they don't fight them anymore, but when Steve Jobs was around, if there was a rumor that was published like on Mac rumors and it was true, the Apple legal department uh-huh. would ha- the Apple legal department would have it taken down within hours. If it was false, they don't give a fuck. They would take it out. So like my thing is, oh, if if Google went to that point to 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 cover, you know, to say no, it's false, and they fired the guy. That means it was real. Yeah, yeah, I think it's absolutely the future of mankind. Is basically computers will be our successor. 
So absolutely, I believe that. Yeah, as somebody well, who works on computers we'll her whole on life. Another, off on another planet. I'm more worried about yeah. uh, global warming. Right. But it doesn't matter for the robots. That's the thing. They don't fucking care. And we're fucked. Climate change is, is, we're doomed. We're in the middle of a mass extinction event and we're the victims. Yeah. So that's fucked. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to care because the profit motive trumps all. And we've just decided as a species collectively that we're just not going to exist anymore. So computers will be our successor. And I'm glad I'm old. Well, one thing that computers may be able to verify in the future, mm-hmm. the other little thing I wanted to bring up mm-hmm. is the fact that you can move things with sound, very heavy things with sound. Okay. But at this point, it requires a lot more um, input than we're able to do. Well, when I, when do, I hear a good rhythm, yeah. I can back that ass up. You know what I mean? And back that ass up. Well, Nikola Tesla said, you want to understand reality, you have mm. to understand vibration, vibration and frequency. Okay. And one thing I saw is these cancer cells, they found out that they vibrated at a certain frequency, and they were able to get a machine really? that would vibrate at that same frequency, and it shows the cancer cells being blown apart. No way. That's real? Yeah. That's real. Who's doing that? On the internet. I, I can't remember where I got, you know, it's so many dark corners. I don't know where I found it. Mm-hmm. But if you look at all over the world, all the different um, hieroglyphics and these pictures of the gods and everything, they're all holding this thing that looks like a little coconut. And they're okay. holding it out in front of them. Yeah. And what these people are saying is that that's what they use to make the pyramids, to move these big blocks. And there was a guy... What is it? They say... They use sound. It makes a certain frequency. It so makes what is the object? Frequency. Pardon me? What is the object that they're holding, then? Are they su- su- suspecting? What is it? They don't know? Some object that makes they don't sound? Know how it works. Well... Fascinating. There was a guy in Florida yeah. who built something called the Coral Castle, and it was, mm-hmm. it's like Stonehenge, all these gigantic things, and he built it by himself. When? In the 20s. Mm-hmm. And then he actually, they had to move the whole thing down the road. Mm-hmm. And he did all that, and they said that he was seen with these things that looked like ice cream cones. <laughs> And that he was levitating these big blocks in the air like healing balloons. That's awesome. I mean, listen, here's the thing. So I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago. So my wife is from Peru. So anytime something cool comes up about Peru, she always tells me. Uh So they found in Peru, and I'm going to, I don't remember the the details but they there's a ruins in Peru they found that I'm pretty sure is the oldest ruins they found in in all of North and South America by like 2000 years older than what they thought it's like from negative 4000 Are they Olmec? Is it Olmec? No. Old McDonald? No. That's Mexico. No, this is older, way older than that. This is like much yeah. older than they even had in Mexico. So it's like 2000 years yeah. older so it's it's really super old civilization, but the interesting thing is two things. First of all, it's the first ancient civilization, like the oldest, you know, that doesn't ever, up until now, all those super ancient, they're trying to figure out what causes civilization, right? 
And until now, uh-huh. they always thought it was war because, like, basically, like the reason they form civilizations is because it's tribal and people fighting, and they they have they have to like protect themselves as a group yeah. and protect from the bullies. But this ancient civilization doesn't have doesn't have any evidence of war and no war hieroglyphics or whatever. But what's interesting is they made fucking pyramids. And this is what I don't get. Like, how come in Egypt they do fucking pyramids, in Mexico they do pyramids, and then in South America they're doing pyramids, and I'm sure there's, like, other examples that I'm too ignorant to know about all around well, the same time. I'll give you... Why let pyramids? Let me tell you what I think. Right. Let me tell you what I think. Mm-hmm. Men who can build want to build high. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to see out for war reasons or mm-hmm. keeping the peace. They want to be able to see out over the land. Yeah. And if you build a um, big rectangle box yeah. and you put another box on top of it and another one on top of it, it's not as stable as if you go in a little bit every time like the step pyramid. Yeah. So you okay. do enough steps, and you get to the pinnacle, and it's the top of it, and you have a pyramid. That's what I think. Well, that's they boring. It was the easier, softer way to make a tall building. That's boring. I think you were going to say one, like it's I aliens or something. The one in Mexico, and I can't think of the name of it right now. But it has an auditory thing where you can stand in front of it and clap your hands, and it makes a bird sound in return. Mm-hmm. What? So the yeah, the acoustics were made such that it it had that weird echo thing. That's interesting. And one day a year, the light would spill down the steps like a reptile, and that's how how they got the winged serpent as mm-hmm. one of their gods. Sound is very interesting. I mean, it's my preferred art form. I love sound, and I've always been fascinated by the way echoes work. Well, let me tell you one more thing about frequency. Okay. Mm-hmm. They discovered a long time ago, and you can go on YouTube and you can see it. If you have a tray or a membrane that you pour sand on, mm-hmm. and well, you like put it next to like my vagina when I get are, uh, like when I sit in the beach and I get sand in my vagina, that's a membrane, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what happens is, if you have a frequency of sound attached to that, it will make a pattern. Mm-hmm. And right. the lower the frequency, the simpler the pattern. But as you go up to the higher frequencies, every time it changes into a more complex shape. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. just how sound um, right. Works. affects matter. It mm-hmm. can move things. Yeah, I think that's really neat. Yeah. God, when I lived in Amsterdam and I was on mushrooms every day, I was so intrigued by sound. Like, I would just go to buildings and, like, I think I would probably talk to myself while I was in these, like, I would go to, like, an opera house and just, like, get off on how the echoes work. Because, you know, so many of these concert theaters and um, opera houses have, like, perfect acoustics where they just, you you know, they weren't meant for microphones, you know? And I've always been fascinated how they can, you know, it's all about angles and the the type of surface, you know, and you can just, you can focus sound. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. There were buildings from 2000 years ago. You can whisper on one side and you can hear it all the way across on the other. And the way I love how all the great music halls were made. And I love the way that um, sound travels over water because like, that's one thing I I love Amsterdam. It's my favorite city. But one thing I love it, love is they have so many canals 
And that's just that quality of sound when you're like sitting by a canal at night and yeah. everything is so silent. And if somebody says a whisper across the canal, you'll still hear it. Yeah. It's just the mm-hmm. way that it affects, you know, the environment is it's fascinating. But I didn't know you could move stuff with sound. I mean, aside from big old big old booties when house music, because that'll move some asses. You know, boom, boom, boom. Well, I know you were poo-pooing string theory, but that mm. whole thing is built on vibration. Okay. It's the same string vibrates in a different way, and it makes a certain atom. It vibrates another way, and it makes it, uh, something totally different. I'm not really poo-pooing it. I don't know enough about it. I thought it had been, I thought it had been, like, disproven, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No. No. I'm no. Wrong. Okay. There's but isn't a, that the one where they think like different universe, different dimensions are curled up in little strings? It just sounds stupid to me. Intuitively, it doesn't make sense. Like, oh, you have like a whole nother dimension. Like, okay, I get like, okay, we have time, space. Um, and by the way, this guy who I was telling you about, who, the guy who was studying reality, talking about reality, how we don't see it, what it is, and on Lex Friedman, he says that space time is basically over, that and now the scientists don't agree with him, but he says it's basically outdated that the whole concept of space time is just a construct of our human brains and that they, the next scientific breakthrough has to invent something that's completely outside of space time. In other words, space time is valid. Like everything Einstein did is valid just the way Newton is valid, but Newton was only valid for like normal sized objects. And then Einstein took it to these humongous objects and space and all that. And what this guy's saying is that outside of space-time, there's a completely different uh, sort of set of laws that we know absolutely nothing about. Well, Einstein spent the last 30 years of his life looking for a unifying theory that would, and everything would be part of everything, and like the God particle of the Higgs boson. And he failed. And um, there's the guy who made up string theory, he's just, oriental guy mm-hmm. and i can't think of his name but he's all over youtube and he's explains everything in a way that most people can understand it but he was the guy who came up with strength theory i don't think you say oriental now oriental is like something you said in the 70s that's not are you asian american he's not american yeah he's american what? i don't think he was born okay, so you could just say he's american or you could just say this guy you yeah. know yeah. Let me just say one last thing mm-hmm. that I was thinking about. You said there's the parallel worlds that can be predicted, but it can't be proven. The mm. thing about all of this, I mentioned before, and then I got off track. I didn't say it could be predicted. can't understand the term of forever. It mm. can't quantify it. It can't compute it. Infinity. It's impossible. Infinity. Right. That's true, yeah. That's true. Okay, like some people say right. the universe has, has no edge, it has no center, yeah. but then there are all these areas, they say, where there's empty space and you could have other right. Right. universes, parallel universes. Yeah. Look at it this way. Yeah. Remember that old thing where they would say, you had a room full of monkeys, and they mm. were all sitting at typewriters and type, yeah. typing gibberish, just whatever. Yeah. If if they had an infinite amount of time, they would type out the Bible. Yeah. Or warn yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. But okay. I can... Well, I if can... they can do it once, they can do it an infinite number of yeah, but, times. Yeah, but listen to this, Hagatha. So I can... every... 
I can, possible everywhere. No, I, I get you on that. But listen to this. I can take that one step further because this is like, this is, if that's true, that really there's such a thing as in, infinity in that way, then you can also, I think you can prove life after death. And the reason is because just like the monkeys, if you have infinite time or whatever and the, an infinite amount of monkeys or, and you can create Shakespeare that way, then just by pure chance, you can create enough combinations of atoms in infinity that you could create the exact duplicate of yourself in some other universe an infinite number of times yeah. and not die. Right? Okay. So either infinity is bullshit well, and we don't understand I mean, it or... I mean, humans are pretty frail. They would eventually break down. I mean, they're, they're doing a lot with age now. Yeah, now I'm not talking about living forever. Map I'm not the talking. Brain. They're going to map the brain. Yeah, and the, all of that affects the body breaking down. I, and I'm not. But you're, I'm not under. I'm not talking about living forever. I'm just saying basically that you will exist in another. You will just by probability you will exist again because your exact combination of atoms will yeah. just by chance come up again yeah. in some other place. I'm not talking about. Mm -hmm. And then there's the whole thing about, you know, yeah, you could be, all, we could all be inside a fucking computer. Who the fuck? Because we're really just computer programs anyway. Well, DNA. a lot of people say life is a simulation, but then other people who are smarter yeah. say that it is not right. a simulation. Right. Right. But they say all time exists now all at once, and humans can't understand that. How can everything happen at once? That's just, you know, that's not common common knowledge i mean that's not something it is. it's not a consensus it totally is. it's not it's, a consensus well, uh, yeah it is because you didn't get my point before mm -hmm. if time travels forward forever mm -hmm. and it travels backward it goes on forever to where there always was time going back yeah but you're making that infinity. assumption you're I'm always not. in the middle and if you're always in the middle then time does exist all at once now i i agree with you that infinity creates a mind fuck that our human bodies and really? brains are exactly. un, are unable to process we're unable and to that's process why we have religion. but but that absolutely but that doesn't mean that there's no such thing as time it just means that our brains can't fucking figure this shit out we don't have to solve everything well, one thing that Einstein said was if you go the speed of light, you're mm -hmm. able to like have a ray of light going out at so many miles and, you know, yeah. whatever. Right. If you were able to be in a little spaceship going beside it at the same speed, that was you approach the speed of light, time mm -hmm. would slow down. And when you hit yes. the speed of light, time would grind to a halt. Right. That's true. But I mean, that's true that he said back that, yeah. to Earth, it would be 150 years in the future. Yeah. But they've actually done. They can, were only gone a week. But that Hagatha can be scientifically proven and has been. Yeah. And that's my they have actually taken atomic clocks and put it in airplanes yeah. and shit. And they have proven that that's true. Yeah. But listen to this. though. Yeah, this is what it at a higher elevation. Right. It makes a difference. Right. Absolutely. But here, here's what Lex Friedman's dude was saying. I'm not saying it's true or not. But what he said is. So if space-time is not the be-all, end-all, and space-time is just a, a factor of some other physics that we don't know about, then it's possible we yeah. can travel faster than the speed of light because we're traveling outside yes. of space-time. Yes. 
and there's something else in particle physics where you have two um, particles that are entangled with each other. One can be here, and one can be a trillion miles away in the universe, and when one turns left to one all the way to the other into the universe instantaneously yeah. turns left. That shit's crazy. They're yeah, entangled. Have, yeah, quantum entanglement. Even, I have read about that. It's fucking yeah. insane. That shit's crazy. Yeah, particles can exist like in two places at once. I mean, it, it gets so confusing. I actually saw a tutorial that I read this morning, and I could not make any sense about it. You should go to like some, you know, they have like these university classes you can take online for free, like at Stanford and stuff. You should like take yeah. a class in, in this, you know. Well, let me tell you something about my real life that pertains to all this. Okay. When I was, okay, you know, some people can say they remember being born. I don't know any, but okay. There are people on YouTube that claim every everything's on fucking YouTube. Even in utero, they're saying they remember. Good for them. Yeah, but when I was super really young, (laughs) yeah, I remember I had this feeling of coming from somewhere else, Mm -hmm. and that where I was now was a bunch of pretty boxes with pretty patterns on the walls. But they, it wasn't where I came from. Where I came from did not have boxes like that. And I just remember feeling that there was something before I was born. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, where were you before you were born? Um, I didn't exist as far as I know. You know what's got me really upset? Yeah. And every time I lay down, I was laying down and having pleasant thoughts and being able to lay there the last couple of weeks. But in the last couple of days, when I lay down, I think of dark things. Like what? And one of the dark things that's really been pissing me off that I found out Mm -hmm. is that Joseph Stalin starved to death 20 million Russians just because they didn't fit into the scheme he had for the rest of the country. Well, I can tell they you... Had state, they had state farming then that was all run and run by the state, so all those farmers who were doing all the small farms, they didn't have enough jobs in the big cities. And to get rid of them, not only did he take away their food, if they went out and dug up roots, the people would come and take that away in 20 million People starved to death. That I, is 1,000 groups of 20,000 each. Well, I have news for you, too. Not that it makes it, it doesn't That's happen. more evil than Hitler. But Mao Zedong killed even more people through starvation. Did he? Yeah. yeah. They copied each other. I forget who copied who. I think Mao copied Stalin. But yeah, but the thing is, too, is that a lot of those people were in Ukraine, if not all of them. So you wonder yeah, why, like, were. so don't, I hate when people rationalize Russia and there's a lot of people doing it. It's like, no, these people have every reason not to want to be a part of that fucking country. Give me a break. Anyway, um, I should go. I should All go right. Agatha. It's been lovely. I just farted bye and it really smells bad. Bye. Talk to you next time. Okay, bye. Yeah. Bye. Squish sound.
Hello? Whom do you wish to speak to? Well, if that person has enough energy to get up off his chair and come to the phone, you will get your wish. Hello? Oh, wait a minute. Who is this? Oh, Hank? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we had a, had a fight, yeah. First fight we had. We were married 10 years. Started 10 years ago. <laughs> no, I don't think we'll be able to come over. Well, if, no, we won't. If, 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 if we can't come over, I'll call you. Yeah, goodbye, Hank. Stubborn! Stubborn, 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 stubborn! <laughs> you started it! Admit it, you started it! <laughs> now apologize! <laughs> First, for the life of me, I can't understand why adults just don't behave like adults rather than children. I don't know why you don't discuss your part of the situation, and then I'll discuss my part of the situation. We'll bring everything out in the open. We'll find out that I've been right all the time. <laughs> you want to talk? Mm-hmm. You want to talk? Yes. You want to say your side of the situation? You want to talk, huh? Mm-hmm. Talk. All right, say something. I want to hear it. I want to hear what you got to say. For Get it what? off your chest, will you? Get, don't go hold nothing back. Tell it to me. Because I want to hear what you got to say. Talk it out. I talk it out and let it come out of you, understand? I want to hear it. Let it get it off your chest. Don't keep it inside of you because it'll boil up. Let me hear I what you got in that. I want to know what you got in that crazy brain. Tell me what you got in that. I just want to be able to tell you Tell me. I want to know. Tell me. I want to hear it. You see? You've got nothing to say. You got a letter from your sister, Bessie. Oh, Bessie. What does she say? What does she say? Anything? She's just wonderful herself, but her son, Willie. Willie? Uh, Willie, that's the one with the high blood pressure. Yes, that's... The one who sleeps on the floor to keep his blood pressure down. Yes, that's the one. Smart kid. Yes. Yes. What about Willie? Well, he broke his back. I'm glad to hear that. Huh? Broke his back? How did he do that? Well, on account of he's left-handed. He broke his back because he's left-handed. Yeah. Well, you see, what happened was he had a donut in his right-hand pocket, and when he went to take it off with his left hand, he, he broke his back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you tell Bessie the next time to tell Willie that if he's got a donut in his right-hand pocket, to try to take it out with his right hand. Yeah. But that's hard to do when you have your pants on backwards. <laughs> Had his pants on backwards. Yes. Well, you see what happened was he had to put one pair on backwards and one pair on backwards. Say the secret word and divide a hundred dollars. It's a common word, something you see every day. Miss, uh, Mrs. Yvonne, uh, Yvonne Weber and Mr. William McBride, eh? Mr. McBride, I'll, uh, I'll call you Mac, huh? Say Everybody calls me Mac. In other words, Mac is Jake with you, is that all right? That's right. Well, tell me, Jake, where are you from? <laughs> Now, you're supposed to have an unusual occupation. What is it, Mac? I sell clothing in Alaska. You do, huh? Yes, sir. Well, I guess they need it out there, eh? <laughs> Well, tell us about your job. Who buys your clothes in Alaska? Well, I sell most pre- I professional... I thought anybody was bare up there. <laughs> <laughs> 
class sell most professional men in Alaska. In fact, men in all walks of life. Uh -huh. I sell them the world's finest clothes, tailored by Richard McIntosh of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. In fact, most Alaskans have you a dozen... You the address. <laughs> didn't I say Richard McIntosh in Hollywood? Yeah, but you didn't give the street address. No? Oh, I'm sorry, Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. You don't know the number, huh? Feel <laughs> that bad advertised? Oh, sure, we, we enjoy it. We don't want to discuss the DeSoto here. We, 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 <laughs> what we like to do is try to... of Hollywood Boulevard. Oh, good, that's good. Thank what we try to do is sell other products here, you see. <laughs> because the sponsor gets real angry if we mention his product. <laughs> How old are you, Mac? I'm 52. Well, you don't look it. Thank you. Look about 38. <laughs> Mrs. Weber, I'll just call you Ivan, eh? That's right. Where is your home? I live in Los Angeles, California. You mind if I ask you a personal question? No, go right ahead. You don't know what the question is. <laughs> it's not the question you think it is that I'm going to ask you. I'm just going to ask you how old you are. I'm 30. 30, mm -hmm. You don't look it. You don't look a day over 25. You say you're married, huh? That's right. What does your husband do for a living? He's a thread broker for Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. He's a what? A thread broker. Well, give him my congratulations. What is a thread broker? I don't know. <laughs> don't you know what your husband does? Uh, what does he tell you? Nothing. He, keep, he keeps away from my pots and pans, and I keep away from his tires. <laughs> well, uh, that's very shrewd, especially if you don't want to get run over. <laughs> Are you handy around the kitchen, Yvonne? Oh, I think I am. What kind of dishes do you like to prepare? Oh, I love to prepare tacos, enchiladas, tamales, frijoles. Mm, they're wonderful. What is tacos? Oh, tacos is a delicious tortilla that you put lots of beans and olives, meat, and you fold it and you eat it. Oh, it's wonderful. Then you eat it and then you fold, is that it? <laughs> well, your luck, uh, husband is a lucky man to have someone who can prepare all those tasty Mexican dishes. Uh, what is his favorite dish? Sour broccoli. <laughs> Time once again for Mr. Question Man. All of the questions sent to Mr. Question Man are carefully tabulated in files. Some of them are read. Our first question comes from Mr. Arthur B. Kosnowski of Macon, Indiana. Arthur B. Kosnowski of Macon, Indiana writes, Dear Mr. Question Man, I am writing to you from inside a burning warehouse. Let me take a moment of your time to go back a bit. I bought this house 11 years ago in November. No, I believe it was February. Well, when I bought it, they told me that it was fireproof. By the way, please pardon the condition of this stationery. Well, at about 11 o'clock tonight, a fire broke out in the southern wing of the warehouse. It spread rapidly, and at this writing, I would say 94, 96% of the warehouse is in flames. There goes another wall. I'm standing on the last two feet of flooring in the north wing, and I'd say that this will only last, oh, three minutes, perhaps two with a good wind. I really am at a loss to know what to do. And while I do not mean to press you, I would appreciate an answer at your earliest convenience. <laughs> Best regards to you and Mrs. Question Man, Arthur Kosnowski. I uh, am afraid that in the present day hurly-burly of rapid transactions, we sometimes put insufficient trust in those with whom we do business. Your real estate agent was telling the truth by law. All warehouses in Macon, Indiana must be fireproof, so you have no cause for alarm. 
While I, I do not mean to appear severe, I am forced to say I feel a certain embarrassment for you and your attitude toward the real estate agent. Should you manage to survive for another moment or two, you might take the time to drop him a social note without mentioning your suspicions. I think that'd be awfully nice. At any rate, good to hear from one of our listeners in Indiana. A young student from Heightstown, New Jersey, right? <laughs> Dear Mr. Question Man, I am studying science in high school. I am quite puzzled by this phenomenon. It is well known that the Earth is round like a ball. Therefore, some people must be walking on it upside down. Why is it that these people do not fall off? You have stated a common misconception. People are falling off all the time. <laughs> Upper Gun, South Africa writes, One year ago, I married Kino, the daughter of the cannibal chief of these parts. Living here has been rather confusing as they have different dates for holidays that I have been accustomed to. For instance, last week, the cannibals celebrated Easter. Next week, we're going to observe Thanksgiving. A point of etiquette has arisen. Kino's father, the chief, has suggested that we have the local missionary for Thanksgiving. Is this considered proper in the United States? No, we're still eating turkey here. <laughs> Chief Ardoni El Swahili of the Wambisi tribe in Equatorial South Africa has written an interesting letter. Dwanya Nagi Hagu, Inga Green Lakabondi, Lawana Tiganadu, Kabi Dig Navas Bonta, Motoloni Argu Divan, Genda Ranya Boro Dobiaka. I say, miss, uh, I'd like a book. A what? A what? A book, a book. Two covers with pages. You'll have to leave, sir. You're making too much noise. <laughs> According to Rule 16, library users must maintain absolute quiet. <laughs> All I want is a book, young lady. My three years with Eisenhower by Captain Harry Butcher. Yes, sir. It's right here on our current book rack. Here you are. Thank you. I'll take it along. One moment, please. You'll have to check the book out. Who is it for? Uh... I'll see if you're listed. I'm not listed here. Oh, you haven't a library card? What, what's a library card? Well, you have to have a card. Okay, then give me a card. I, I can play along with a game. You'll have to fill out this form. Two of these, six of these in triplicate, four of Wait these... Wait a minute, whoa, whoa. <laughs> all I want is a book, not a personal loan. It'll take me a week to fill these out, and all I want is a book. You'll have to leave, sir. You're too noisy. Rule 16, state. <laughs> How... Can I get a card? You can obtain a library card by having this form signed by a property owner, or being a property owner yourself, or if your name is listed in the telephone directory, or if 16 character witnesses vouch for you. Now, look, all I want to do is read a book. I'm not running for Congress. I'm sorry. I'll have to take that book. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. Sir. Well, let me tell you something. You'll have to leave, sir. All right. It's okay. I'm leaving. I'll beat the system if it takes me 10 years. How do you do, Miss? Anything I can do for you, sir? Oh, no. Remember me, Burl, the guy who couldn't take out a book? The public library is available to all, rich and poor, well and sick, yeah, old yeah, and yeah, young. Yeah. <laughs> well, I came in to tell you that I now have a telephone. It was a tough job getting one. I had to tell him I was a bookie. <laughs> my card. What was the name? Emberl. 
The book is My Three Years with Eisenhower by Captain Harry Butcher. I'm sorry, Mr. Burrell, but your name isn't listed in the telephone directory. <laughs> of course it isn't. I just got the phone yesterday. Rule 45 states you must be listed in the telephone directory, have a property owner sign, own a home. But you said if I had a car, you'll have to leave. Rule 16. All right. All right. I'll get that card if it takes me until next Christmas. Merry Christmas, miss. <laughs> Merry Christmas, sir. Is there anything I can do for you? No, 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 no. I just dropped in to tell you I bought a house. <laughs> Twenty-eight rooms and seven baths. All I need is two rooms and a shower, but I bought a house. Please. I want my card. A card? Miss, for six months I've been coming here. Six months! Six months? That's right. Oh, well, then you automatically get a card. In my car? In my car? What book did you want, Ken? My four and a half years with Eisenhower. Harry Butcher. It's out right now. I'll put your name on the waiting list.